Welcome to Thriving in Business and Life. I'm Christopher Harding. And I'm Will Wilkinson. So it's good to be back in the saddle. We've been interviewing people for a while. Today it's just you and me. Yeah, I know. I mean, we've uh, had some wonderful guests on uh, talking about different topics, some of them related to our book, some of them not. And, uh, and you've been on a big trip down to Brazil. I just got back from Brazil. Yeah, amazing trip. Um, well, it sounded like that movie, if this is Tuesday, it must be Belgium. <laughs> I mean, you did a lot down there. Yeah, it was a number of cities in, in you know, multiple cities in, in a day and a lot of great training sessions and consulting. And I just absolutely love the, the people in Brazil. They're just wonderfully open-hearted and have such a, a hunger to, to learn and, yeah. and continue to evolve and grow. So it well, was and we phenomenal. should say hello to them because we have some listeners in Brazil. Yes, we do. Yeah. Então, bom dia e boa tarde para todos. Estou aqui pensando em vocês. Uh, what he said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, today, what are we doing today? Well, you know, we're, we've been having guests on, and part of the reason we have is we just happen to have had access to some really interesting people. But the other part is, is we've kind of been in the lab, you know, like... Uh, no kidding. Mad scientists of a sort. Right. The thriving lab of Ashland. <laughs> yeah, so we... we I mean, you think about we we wrote the book Thriving in Business and Life last year. We published it uh, first quarter of this year, and we've had a chance to incorporate it in our coaching and in our training and in our consulting. And the notion you and I both came up with is, wow, we'd really like to make this more accessible to more people. So. I can't remember which one of us came up with the crazy idea to turn it into also an online Let's training. just assume that was my idea, <laughs> <laughs> since it's turned out to be such a good one. Well, we really have been in the lab, and I think a lot of our listeners will be creative people who know what we are going through, where you create one thing, and then as you do that, you realize it can become something else. And you start the morphing process, and in that process, you learn a lot more about what you created. Yeah, well, that's that's so true, because I know as we started into saying, how can we take the information in the book and really turn it into more of an interactive uh, process for for people who might not be able to come to a course that we teach or might not have access to us as coaches, but that we could you know share with them the the knowledge and and uh, wisdom that you know was shared with us originally that we're passing along and so as we got into it like you said i think the thing that's been fascinating for me is i understand the book far better than yeah. i did when we wrote it <laughs> me too it's funny because i've written a number of books and this often happens i'll look at it and say did i write that <laughs> because i'm reading something that for whatever reason impacts me and i can't remember having written that yeah, so this has been an interesting process. The last six months, we've been in the really creating an online course that uh, connects with the book, and we decided to do something kind of novel. Instead of having it be simply an online training, we came up with this kind of interesting approach, I think. Yeah, and uh, again, who knows if it was your idea, my idea, or just dropped out of the ether, but... We, at a certain point, realized that it, it isn't really a training course, it's a game. And yeah. we call it a full immersion game because you play during your day. You don't kind of put your, your life on hold to play a game. 
your life becomes the game. Yeah, and I, I, that concept's always been fascinating to me in, in general. I can't remember how we came up with it. I, let's play like it was a dream one of us had. <laughs> but, because uh, <laughs> I think it was, actually. But, uh, yeah, that whole idea that, that the first part of what you get in the online you know, course or game is a section that we call learn it. So we share with you the details, the information, kind of the nuggets you need to know in order to then go apply that knowledge in your day-to-day life. And I remember the breakthrough we had surrounded our concern based on our experience for follow-through and integration, that a lot of education, a lot of training seems to be important at the time. Right. And we scribble notes and we, you know, get insights and have epiphanies. Several weeks down the road, did it even happen? Yeah. It's just a vague memory. So I know both of us have been very interested in finding unique ways to make whatever information we provide stick and result in actual changes in people's lives, improvements. Yeah, so so kind of how we decided to deal with that is that if you're going through the course one section at a time, one module at a time, each module has with it a game challenge. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, the challenge is to go apply in a specific way the principle that that particular module is about. Mm-hmm. And Well, and for instance, in, in module one, just so that listeners know what we're talking about, is about storytelling. Right, the power so the of story. So the challenge there is... Yeah. Uh, tell a new story to improve some situation in your life. Yeah, and the idea being that, uh, you know, we impose meaning on what happens all the time. Uh, Something happens and then we make it mean something. So what we're saying is decide what you want to make it mean and make it mean something that's actually going to lead you in a productive, positive direction. And then play that out, act out that role of that particular story. Yeah, so in other words, instead of just presenting the theory, we invite people to take that and apply it to some specific situation in their life and track what happens. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, we've had a lot of fun with this. I mean, I think the thing that's been uh, great for us as we've been you know, experimenting and writing and developing this course is that we've been taking on the game challenges each week. Well, I find myself often thinking, boy, I can't wait to do this. <laughs> you know, I'm doing it as we write it, but I want to just have the finished product and be able to do it. Yeah, it, it was, uh, I had had a, a really great experience um, leading up to this uh, trip in Brazil, actually. Um, I was having uh, a few challenges with just some logistics. Now, that could be frustrating. I, mm-hmm. I'm trying to go out of the country. I'm trying to do sure. something that's really useful, I hope, to people. And here I'm having some logistical challenges. So part of what it was is I used our visioning process mm-hmm. to you know, really envision what do I want. I see myself there. Everything's gone smoothly. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it feels so great. I was using the techniques we use in our fourth module about, about mm-hmm. vision first. And what was fun is as I began to apply that, because I was acting as if everything was going to turn out fine, I was actually creating a new story about it, the people that were helping me on on my logistical end were like, yeah, okay. So suddenly what was could have been a big problem mm-hmm. turned into a very simple solution. Well, you see, what you were doing, of course, you were doing the processes we've been developing, but you were doing something that all of us do very naturally. 
and yet we haven't been able to harness the power of it, which is kind of daydreaming and thinking about what we're going to do and wondering here, wondering there. We all do this, but very few people know how to focus it and make it deliberate the way you did to get some actual results. Right. And that's the difference. Yeah. And so what what we've done is with each module, you know, it's about a particular aspect of of thriving. So as we were talking about, the first one's about story, the second one's about bias, then there's one about values and one about visioning and so on. And in each of those modules, there's a learn it aspect. And it has, you know, some components in there that you like learn. Usually 6 to 11 specific learning components. Yeah. And then the next piece, which we have a lot of fun with, is the second part of each module is what we call imagine it. Yeah. And this is actually what's been missing in a lot of creative processes. I can speak for myself along the way. You know, yes, you learn some things. And then you want to apply those things. So that's theory becoming practice. But the step in between, which we've inserted, is imagining what it will be like to do that. Yeah. And running what we call a simulation and even troubleshooting what could go wrong. I mean, this is what athletes do and performers do. They, they imagine the perfect shot. They imagine the audience loving their performance. They're using their imaginal muscles before they actually apply what they've learned. Yeah, and it, it really, and basically we're programming ourselves to start looking for the ways that this can become successful or that we can apply it. And so this, each, each one of these modules, it's, it's one of my favorite parts of it, is that you imagine yourself going through the game challenge yeah, yeah, and actually see yourself being successful at it. Right, and also uh, with the troubleshooting, trying to catch some things that could go wrong. Yeah, up front to prepare yeah, you. Yeah, yeah so we, we guide people through it. And then we, we decided, you know, for ourselves, we know what's really helpful for our clients is a lot of times they'll touch base with us when they're working through a challenge. So we got the kind of wild idea. Let's create some uh, audio coaching uh, devices so that people can listen to one in the morning and one at night to really kind of encourage them and check in yeah. with them to, you know, help them get better and better at applying the game challenge. You know, it's funny. I've been editing those and uh, consistently I'm taking things out because I realize that we want to cut to the chase. Yeah. And I think that's really important. People want to cut to the chase. We want to get to it rather than kind of talk about it. Just get right into it. Yeah. Yeah, so you've been having a lot of fun with that. And, and the last aspect of it, of course, is so you, you learn it, you imagine it, and then you live it, yeah. you know, you do it. Yeah, so Bring it right into your life. And, you know, we do talk about brain science and the fact that what uh, fires together wires together. We can change our brains. Our brains can change themselves. And we can create new neural pathways but the key, and I'd love you to say a little more about this because uh, this is something you introduced. The key is to repeat it often enough that you get past a tipping point. Talk yeah. about that. Yeah, so if you think of, um, you know, you were saying what uh, fires together, wires together. If we're doing something regularly enough, we're basically creating kind of like a superhighway in the brain. Uh, that, and, and it's the, the superhighway of a habit, you could say. So if you're going to create a new highway... What you've got to do is is practice traveling down the new highway regularly enough and enjoying and celebrating the success of it because that releases dopamine into our system, which helps 
forge new neural pathways to where you begin to actually create a highway that's easier to travel down than the previous one. You know, that could take a few weeks, uh, but the main thing is, is to keep at it. Even if you slip and start going down the old road occasionally, Mm -hmm. don't let that stop you. Go right back and, and, you know, head down the, the new highway because if we don't practice it regularly enough, we basically fall back into the old pattern. Well, that's the thing, and that was very impressive to me, just reading the way you framed that, is that if we don't practice it enough, we'll slip back into the old way as soon as a trigger shows up. Yeah, yeah. A familiar trigger will trigger an old habit. You know, I learned about this many years ago when I read uh, Rupert Sheldrake's first book, A New Science of Life. He's a British biologist, and he diagrammed it really beautifully, you know, for laymen. Uh, He talked about a bed of sand a vertical bed of sand, like a bank of sand, and you take a ball bearing and you roll it down the sand. Mm. As it goes down, the first time it goes down, it's completely random. It could go anywhere, you know, depending on where you started it. But as it goes down, the weight of the ball bearing creates a furrow in the sand. Now you grab it and you put it, you roll it down again. Now there's a statistical possibility, a preference that that ball bearing will go down where it went before because there's a little furrow there. If it does, it makes the furrow deeper. Right. Third time it's deeper until you've got an actual crevice, at which point it's almost impossible to get the ball bearing to go anywhere else. He used that to demonstrate how habits form. The more often you do them, the more you tend to repeat them, the harder it is to change them. Well, and that's, if you think about it, it's because if you kind of made the analogy that the ball bearing is placed at the beginning of the furrow, yeah. That's why it's going to go down it. So that's what the trigger is, basically. Yeah. That's, yes. That's the, right. so what you're there tr- you are, right at the top of that frame. Yeah. So what you're trying to do with creating a new habit is that the, from the very onset, you frame it differently. Yeah. That's why telling a new story becomes so important. Because if I'm telling the old story, yeah. those, those patterns of behavior are so well established yeah. that it's yeah. easy to fall into them. But if, I'm a new, if I assign myself a new character role... Yeah. And I'm envisioning a new outcome. And yeah. I'm actually feeling what it's going yeah. to feel like. Like any good actor who doesn't really act, mm-hmm. they actually take on mm-hmm. the character. Mm-hmm. If I take on that new character, you know, I'm, I'm establishing a new furrow right from the beginning. Well, this is really instructive because it's a, it's a distinct difference between I'm trying really hard not to do that thing I've decided I don't want to do versus (laughs) I'm really enjoying this new thing that I've decided to do. Well, and this is a part of of what we, you know, really emphasize throughout this whole, you know, game that we've created for people. We call it a learning game, you know, uh, of of leadership development. And and the, the idea here is that you're having fun. Yeah. You know, even though you may be dealing with challenging situations, a big part of keeping the brain in high performance mode is to be having fun, even when it's difficult. Well, you know, one of my favorite films, which some of our listeners will have seen, is The King of Hearts. You remember that old film with Alan Bates? Oh, wow. Genevieve yeah. Bujold, I think her first role. It's a fascinating story that relates to exactly what we're talking about. A town gets evacuated in France and the insane asylum empties and all the inmates come out and pretend that they're the barber, the banker, the madame. <laughs> and in comes an infantryman, Alan Bates, doesn't know this. He can't understand why everybody's having such a good time. <laughs> and he's serious, you know, because he's a, a warrior and they're going to have a war. 
And the movie is all about what is insanity, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's a very, very insightful story because you see that these people who are locked up because they're crazy, they may be crazy, but they're sure having a good time. <laughs> yeah, I, as you're saying that, I flash back to a psychology class I had in, uh, in college. And uh, my professor's name was B.J. White. Uh, he was just a phenomenal guy, H hilarious. Mm. And, and as a result, you remembered a lot of things. But I remember him talking about what is crazy, what is insanity. Mm. Mm. And he drew this you know, bell curve, a distribution curve, and he said, if you're within this bell curve in any given society, what it considers to be normal, then you're, you're considered to be okay. If you start to stray outside the boundaries mm. of this, mm. you're considered to be, you know, maybe a little odd. And the farther out you get, you know, you're yeah. crazy unless you're rich or an artist, and then you're simply eccentric. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's a lot of times, uh, I remember when I first started applying some of the things we're, we're talking about here years ago that I was learning from my coach, I was approaching really difficult situations, but I was I was coming at them from a standpoint of, this is fun. Yeah. This right. is oh cool. This is a challenge. Yeah. And you know, initially people were like, you you're happy about everything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, why not? Well, you're raising another interesting point that we cover in the in the program, which is the whole range of feelings. Right. And the difference between reactive feeling and proactive feeling. And in our culture and the way we've been educated, we tend to think that all feeling is reactive. You know, I feel good because this happened. I feel bad because that's, that happened. Well, we introduce the idea of creating how you feel proactively. Right. Using your imagination, wondering, well, you know, how will I feel when this has been successful? And then actually choosing to feel that way. Right. But we're being generative, generating the feeling we want. And it's, it's interesting uh, because there's another concept we get into in one of the modules about pendulation, yeah, which I think right. is a fascinating concept. And the more I've practiced this mm. uh, as we've been working on it, the more I'm appreciating it. So I'll explain the notion. This is kind of one of your babies. So you <laughs> tell me if I'm going to say it correctly. <laughs> that I, I focus on my vision and what that feels like. And I really lean into that feeling and feel it. And then I swing back into current reality, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and there might be a significant gap there. Mm -hmm. And I, I get really in touch with the way it is now and maybe even exaggerated, mm -hmm. like, oh, things are really challenging right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel that intensely mm -hmm. as well. And I allow that to really create momentum for me to swing back even more strongly exactly. into the feeling of the vision and how great it feels. Perfectly presented. <laughs> Gold star. Yeah, and this is something we rarely do, you know, and this is the problem with affirmations. Right. Where that's so one-sided. A person will, you know, be dealing with financial challenges, so they'll go, I see the abundance of the universe descending upon me, $1,000 bills showing up, I'm wealthy, etc., and that's all they do. Well, for starters, who would do that except a poor person? Like, a rich person wouldn't do that. So they're kind of starting from an identity of scarcity. The pendulation model would be, I see the abundance of the universe, I experience the financial wealth, and then swinging back, I'm broke. I don't know how I'm going to cover my utility bill. I feel really desperate. I feel really in despair. 
wow, this is great. I've got this new project that's going to generate a lot of money. I'm working hard at it. Oh, man, how am I going to pay this bill? <laughs> well, it's, it's, that, it's that moving back and forth between current reality yeah. and, and the vision. And what's interesting, I was coaching somebody just the other day, and they were faced with kind of a, a challenging situation. So I walked them through the visioning process, and they really leaned into it and felt it, and they were really excited about it. And I said, now, some things are going to come up during the week, uh, in like it does in life, that are really challenging and it might make you go, wow, I don't know, you know, this is a big challenge. And their response was, well, I'll just push those aside. And I went, no, 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 <laughs> don't, right. don't go into denial, lean into them, exactly. feel them really strongly and let that motivate you to lean back into your feeling and yeah. let your feeling then of the vision of what you want become your yeah. compass. Yeah. Let it start to guide you as to what road to take to get to the place where that feeling well, becomes real. And you know, there are a number of techniques that use this same kind of principle. My suspicion is that the success that people get using these techniques doesn't relate so much to the technique as to how the technique makes them feel like they're in charge of their life. Yeah, yeah. Because most people don't feel they are. That we're the victim of so many large forces people out there, things that we can influence. So to create some way of feeling, you know what, I'm really owning my life. I'm, I'm taking responsibility for it. I think that's what gets the results. Well, because it has to start looking for things in a different way. And we've yeah. talked about how the brain works and helps us in that regard. But I, there's, there's something that uh, I've really become reacquainted with, I think, because this was a, a process I used uh, in times past. But as we've been working through this together, it's given me a new spin on it. And so when I'm, I'll use the trip I just went on. When I was envisioning this trip, it took, it was about a six month planning process, oh. this uh, last Brazilian trip. And as I was, you know, envisioning it, I was envisioning being able to meet with people and have just, you know, mm -hmm. great interactions mm -hmm. and really rich conversations and be able to share things that were of value and, and listen to them and gather things for their value. And I imagined myself being home, having just arrived home from the trip and being, you know, that wonderfully sense of being tired in a good way. Yeah. And going, wow, that was just such a fantastic trip. I was, I'm so grateful for how everything turned out. Well, I kept that feeling alive, even when there were different frustrations with the logistics leading up to it. And I'd, I'd you know, feel that and then go, but you know what? This is going to be fantastic. Mm -hmm. And there's this thing that happens. You call it fusion. When I got home and the <laughs> trip turned out every bit as wonderfully as I could have imagined and more so. And I realized I was in that moment where I was now actually experiencing mm -hmm. what I'd been imagining myself to be experiencing mm -hmm. in the future. And it's this really mm -hmm. kind of odd, wonderful feeling as if, you know, time caught up with itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, fusion is what I call it because it seems like two things come together. Yeah. The feeling that you imagined you'd have, which you began to feel in advance, and then the actual feeling when you got to that moment in time. Well, something happens when those two meet. Yeah, which you just experienced. Yeah, and it's it's it's. I haven't quite got words for it. It's it's actually kind of a really wonderful thing. But it's uh, as I think about it, you know, and and look at what we're 
imagining with this course. What we're imagining is that this becomes really wonderfully accessible to a mm-hmm. lot of people, that they not only experience it and gain really great benefit from it, but they share it with friends and family and yeah. start to play the game together exactly. because that's when it gets to be the best. Absolutely, because we can support each other and learn from each other. I think one of the targets that I have in mind uh, based on my work with clients is people who are stuck. Like yeah. They have some particular area where they're really stuck and they can't seem to get out of it. I really think that, that these materials can help people with that. You know, I, I agree. And I think especially if people are willing to play it with somebody else, or cl- clearly in league with the coaches is, is great, but in league even with, with friends, so that let's say we're both doing the, the module on the virus of bias, right? And this week we both know we've got a challenge to catch mm-hmm. biases when they, mm-hmm. when they creep up. Mm-hmm. One, if we're working together, obviously we can watch out for each other. But even not, we can check in at the end of the day. Yeah. Hey, Will, how did it yeah. go for you? What yeah. came up for you? Exactly. And that, that uh, because the, the great thing about this game is we're only competing with ourselves. <laughs> and there's no villains. <laughs> right. Games usually have stellar villains. You know, you're defeating someone. In this game, the way we're writing it, there's no villains. You came up with a great idea of recasting villains as teachers. Right. So the situation which we've before seen as a problem and something attacking us, an obstacle we want to get rid of, we reframe that, tell a different story. What can I learn from this? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, this kind of goes back, actually, for me, it was a, kind of an archetypal dream. Uh, my coach at the time uh, was helping me work through a situation uh, early stage of my career where I was having trouble with a boss and he was saying you know you need to go in and meet with him and sit down and and see him as somebody that you can learn from that was that was his suggestion you I know? wonder how you felt when you first heard that idea <laughs> oh man I just was like <laughs> I mean in so many ways I didn't want to do it yeah, right sure so I I go home and I'm preparing for this and I'm, I'm actually really nervous about it as I'm preparing I'm kind of sweating bullets about it and I have a dream the night before my meeting. I set up the meeting with the guy. I have a dream. And in this dream, I'm out on this stage in front of an audience. It was almost like mm. Mozart times, you know. Mm. We're acting out this play and we've mm. got masks on. Mm. And I come back after delivering just an amazing line. And the villain delivers an amazing line to me. And I come backstage. The villain's out there delivering his soliloquy, you know. <laughs> And all of my fellow players are, you know, kind of congratulating me. Oh, that was so wonderful, you know. And I pull my mask off and I say, ah, who's playing the villain tonight? He's just doing a fantastic job. And they go, isn't he great? He's so wonderful. He brings out some of the great things from us. Well, you know, the villain comes back from behind the stage and pulls off the mask, and that's my boss. Uh-huh. And I realize, wow. wow, so this is just a role that yeah. I have cast yeah, him yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And so when I went in, I treated him as if he'd been wearing a mask and that what he was really there to do was to help me and teach me and that we could partner in that way. And I told him that. Oh, you did? What did he say? It was the, one of the weirdest encounters I've ever had. Mm. He stopped and he said, are you serious about that? Really? I said, yes, I am. He said, great, then let's change our roles. 
How can I help you? What can I do? Just like that. You? Yeah, I mean, just Not like... Not a dime. It was, it was almost as if there was a shift in the cosmos or something. It was uh. the strangest thing. And he ended up becoming a, a phenomenal uh, guide for me uh. to show me a different way of management that I was well, not familiar with. This is with. a great example of how the stories we tell, the meaning we attribute to another person, a situation actually become a reality when they may not be at all. This guy yeah. was actually quite different than you had cast him. Yeah, now there were still things about him, to be clear, that, that were challenging for me, but that because I was now making those aspects of his personality mean that he was kind of being a Yoda to me, oh, right? right? An Obi-Wan Kenobi of sorts. How I responded to those aspects mm -hmm. of his personality was totally different. Mm. Well, our 30 minutes has flown by here. We've just got a 30 seconds, 60 seconds here. And I think as we go along in these next few podcasts, we'll keep talking about what we're learning as we package our material from the book into the course and sharing with listeners what we hope will be of value to them. Yeah. So next week, we'll take on, uh, kind of talk you through our first module so you can get kind of a flavor for that and hopefully learn some valuable things that you can apply. And that will really be about creating stories that generate success. Yeah, and we can all create a new story if we choose to do so. All right. Well, if you can want to reach out to us, you can reach us at thrivinginbusinessandlife at gmail.com. I'm Christopher Harding. And I'm Will Wilkinson. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you again next week. Bye.